0: and welcome to the Should I Go See A podcast. I'm your host, Bill George. With me as always, AJ Rebecca. Good morning,
1: Bill. How are you? Morning. Great. How are you? I'm doing fine. Thank you for asking. Great. I appreciate that.
0: Today we're talking about Red Sparrow, directed by Francis Lawrence, starring Jennifer Lawrence. No relation. AJ, do you have uh, some background on this one?
1: Yeah. I want to try not to butcher the uh, Russian name. Ballerina Dominika Igorva is recruited to Sparrow School, a Russian intelligence service where she is forced to use her body as a weapon. Her first mission, targeting a CIA agent, threatens to unravel the security of both nations. Bill, should I go see it?
0: Yes. If you are a fan of the genre, should definitely check it out
1: and the genre being what because i watched the trailer for it and i was confused i didn't know if it was like it seemed like a drama but kind of like a spy thriller but maybe an action movie i was really confused
0: yeah it is a slow burn spy movie
1: so we're not talking like atomic blonde we're talking more like like what
0: like a tinker taylor soldier spy like Super yeah, slow burner. Yeah, like okay. a John Le Carré spy movie. Versus it's not a, it's not a James Bond type movie. It's, a, it's a slow one.
1: No shoot 'em up, no explosions, no shit like that. He does a
0: couple uh, action, you know, scenes peppered in, but it, this is like a two hour and twenty minute movie, Oof. so it, it takes its time. You're in for the long haul. Uh, it's definitely one of those movies that can't be watched passively. Like you have to be engaged by it. So, like, so I watched one of the things I liked about it, and part of the reason I gave it a yes is I found it pretty unpredictable. Um, So, like, I watch these movies and I'm very engaged by them. I'm looking at each scene, like, looking for hints and who's double crossing who and where's this going to go and all those things. If you're the type of person that's watching a movie like this, just like waiting for the twist at the end and like not really caring or paying attention, you're going to be bored out of your mind. Like you're okay. not going to be engaged by it unless you actively want to be engaged by it. Because it's not a it's not a thriller. There's no car chases. There's no Mini Coopers riding uh, around the streets of I love Paris. Like, that's job. not the type. Of, or Born Identity is. Oh, what yeah, I was born, thinking yep. of, too. Both of them. Uh, it's not that. Um, yeah,
1: because I think going into it, like I recently watched um, Atomic Blonde over winter break. I think mm-hmm. during January, liked it but it was more like that James Bond stylized yeah. approach where like you could passively watch it like you know you watch the gunshots you watch for the and then you wait for that double or triple cross at the end and it delivers right yeah this is not that so but- what like t- what time period is it in cuz i watched the trailer and it was like it looked like the russian school it was like from like 1930 but then like <laughs> You know, they were like driving present-day cars I was really confused yeah
0: it's it's kind of weird like that and it's one of the other things I kind of appreciated about it even though I was confused at first it's got a very nebulous time period it is it's modern like they mentioned they use the phrase social media they have new cars but on the other side of it like that's very Cold War is like kind of still happening, like in the background. Like, yeah. And, and they talk about that. They, they do the old school Russia type stuff. That's kind they of They cool. also have a scene that involves floppy disks as like the technology that they're like trying to smuggle one way or the other. So like the fuck? it's a little weird. It's kind of like um, Archer. Do you watch the show Archer?
1: Yeah, you have no idea yeah, whether they, it's, like, 1950 right. or, like, present day. Right, they
0: have, like, modern or futuristic gadgets, but the office looks like it's from the 70s and the computers are all, like, you know, Apple IIs huh. or whatever. Um, so this this movie is kind of like that. It's got that nebulous feeling time frame, which I, th- which I dug. I, I thought that was pretty cool.
1: Cool. I have a question for you. Sure. Uh, Russian movies. Yep. accents for me are h- normally a huge problem Yeah, because it's like it's either you sold it and i believe that you're from you know the motherland yep or you just bombed and i'm like you just sound like a like a two bit improv comedian yeah, yep. you know uh where are we at they did performances well.
0: they did well the performances are all strong in this movie and the accents were good it's interesting they they cuz when you have a movie like this you have basically a couple different choices you either do uh, actual russian and you do subtitles like, sure. Which the studio is obviously not going to love, no. um, especially because this movie so much of it takes place in Russia. Uh, so they didn't do the subtitle route. Uh, if you've watched the show The Americans on FX, have you seen that? No, but
1: I've heard about it. This
0: show is similar to that, except the, the Americans does take place in the Cold War, and they use subtitles. They have like a bunch of Russian actors, and it's there's entire sequences. Well, the, that, are fully that, mo- that TV they're show great. is
1: that they're Russian spies living in like right, suburban in the US, America. Yeah.
0: Okay, so they do full subtitles, and it adds authenticity. I love it. The other option that some of these movies do is they speak in Russian for like two or three back and forths and then they switch to English, which you know what I, I never,
1: mean? which I never.
0: So it's basically conveying to the audience that like they're speaking in Russian just so you know, but we don't want to make you sit through subtitles. So like now we're switching English because you get it. Yeah, they don't do that either. In this movie, they basically just lean into the idea of like, screw it. It's an American movie with lots of American actors or British actors. They'll put on Russian accents and just pretend they're Russians. And so I kind of appreciate, so I guess, fair. that they just lean into Think it. it they, just, they just did it. But they pull it off. Um, Jennifer Lawrence in particular. She did, she did well? She does really well. And she is really what sells the movie because she has to be empathetic enough that you're connected to her as a character. But she has to be aloof enough that like you don't necessarily know where her allegiance is because that's what keeps you guessing. If she tips her hand sure. too much at any one point, you'd kind of know what's going on. And so the, it keeps it unpredictable because her performance is so great and so ambiguous.
1: I feel the thing with Jay law is that like a lot of people, she is one of these people in Hollywood that I, I feel is like a total coin flip. People either love her yeah. or they don't want to have anything to do with her. Yep. And I'm kind of in that middle ground. Where like I see the merit in the movies she's done, you know she was great in like *Silver Linings Playbook*, but like sure. I watch her in you know *Hunger Games* and stuff like that, and I'm just like, yeah, this is you can't really act, mm. you know. No, I think she she has the chops.
0: I yeah. think that was nice for this because so many of her more recent movies were a lot of the *Hunger Game* movies, which are also directed by Francis Lawrence. So that's they have built a relationship. Oh, there. that's where
1: I saw the. <laughs> yep. Is this his like first movie outside of that trilogy or? His
0: first one since that trilogy, and he might have had something before it, but like this is his first one since then, for sure. Interesting. And it's a, it's a more subtle, subdued, nuanced role for Jennifer Lawrence to, to sink her teeth into, and I think mm-hmm. she does a nice job with it. Because the other thing that's different about this movie than some other spy movies is a lot of times you know the allegiance of your main character mm-hmm. and when they get into trouble, it's, or like someone makes them or whatever. You're basically every action scene or sequence. You're just wondering, Oh, how are they going to get out of this jam? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Versus this movie, you're watching these scenes and you're like, I don't actually know which way she might be thinking. Like, and it's, it kind of, it keeps you on your toes. Again, if you are engaged enough to look for that, if you're trying to watch it passively, you're going to be bored because it is slower and longer.
1: Any other spy movies you talked about, uh, um, Tinker Taylor, Soldier Spy, which I
0: actually, I think, I don't remember if I Give reviewed a it a on no. the site. I probably gave it a no. I started it was, on, I it was started just, nod off that It was it's hard. so
1: hard to watch. That was
0: one of those movies that I felt like was antagonistic to its audience and how confusing it was. Like yeah. it was, this movie doesn't hold your hand, but it's easy enough to follow what's going on with still being unpredictable. I thought this balanced the, that Interesting. very, very well versus some of those other intense spy movies. Uh, Oh, one other thing about this movie, I'm not sure where you land on this. So this movie did a lot of setup to sort of get our character to the point of being a spy. Okay. And then 15, 20 minutes into the movie, something like that, Boom, title card, Red Sparrow comes up. And like the I the, the first time I remember seeing that was from The Departed. Like that, I remember that was yep. the first time I was watching a movie and like 15 minutes in all of a sudden it said The Departed and I was confused. So I have two schools of thought on this.
1: I'm a huge fan of um, title cards at the end of a movie. Like something happens, like period, at the end of the sentence, title card. And you're like, oh, okay. Like the Dark Knight trilogy. Like the Dark Knight trilogy. Or if you're going to drop the title card like 10 or 15 minutes into the movie, I call it a dick drop. Like, you better have something that comes before <laughs> that, like, that, like, puts an exclamation on things and you're like, holy shit. Yeah. Yes, I'm ready for this movie.
0: I don't feel this had enough of uh, <laughs> <laughs> quote-unquote dick drop. Did I get that right? Yeah. They, that. Technical term, of course. Uh, they, they didn't Thumb have...
1: Thumb factor, wow uh, factor, uh, call yeah. it whatever you want. Yeah,
0: they didn't have enough of that. So it, instead, it just became a distraction. It just became like an eye roll to me of just like a movie. It's a very movie-esque type of thing. It just annoys me. I feel yeah. like... I'm over opening credits. I think we have evolved past any sort of opening credits. You do the. There's already enough friggin' production company stingers at the beginning of every goddamn movie. Sure. You finish those and you just get into it. Or, or if you're really like hung up on 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 intro stuff, do a full opening credits and then just start the picture. Like I don't like the intercutting. I don't like the title card later. Like I, I'm over it.
1: You know what the original Dick Drop title card was? What? Las La- <laughs> Vegas. fucking Rafiki holds up Simba Remember, and then you're like four-year-old in the theater and it's like the Lion King that was good that was good that's what I'm calling about a dick drop
0: but that was only that was like a a four or five minute musical sequence that was still like so it's not I don't think it's the same as like 15 minutes of plot and then a, a thing but I get where you're coming from. It can it. be done well. I, I will admit that there are instances Thank you. which can do well. This movie, not so much. All
1: right. So we're so, talking anyway. about, uh, okay, what? <laughs> so other,
0: <laughs> other spy
1: movies is what we're going to end on here. I don't even know. Uh,
0: the first Mission Impossible, highly recommend. You know what?
1: So I'm going to, I'm gonna <laughs> I, as much as you, today, I feel like during these episodes, you've given me a lot of, I felt good. Because normally <laughs> I say stupid shit and you're like, you're an idiot. We're not going to go there and talk about it. I feel like I've had some good points that you backed me up on today.
0: Great conversation, AJ.
1: I'm going to talk about Tom Cruise for one second because we talked about spy movies. Nope. I watched two Mission Impossible movies over the last two weeks. Which ones? uh, Ghost Protocol and... Rogue Nation? Rogue Nation. Uh, Both fantastic. They're really good fucking movies. Thank you. And he does a really good job in them. Yes. So I'm going (laughs) to give you Tom Cruise, Mission Impossible are great movies through and through. Thank you so, so much. So wrap it up. Thank Continue. So I'm sorry. I, d- I want to just give you that. <laughs> Thank you. And you can give me one Sam Rockwell wins Best Supporting Actor. Yeah, we'll right? see about that. Okay.
0: So the first Mission Impossible uh, I think is in a similar vein. Uh, the Bridge of Spies. Also a Cold War Ooh. movie. Also a Slower Burn movie. Uh, spy Game. Ronin. It's a bunch of good spy movies. If you wanted to go more to the action side, you could go with the Bourne movies or the Martin Campbell directed uh, James Bond movies. But uh, those are my thoughts on some various spy movies you could watch as well as Red Sparrow thanks Bill sounds good thank you for listening to the Should I Go See It podcast make sure to follow on Instagram at Should I Go See It